Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon, Southern Miss Golden Eagle fans. Glad to have you with us on this glorious Thursday here in the Hattiesburg area from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. I'm Kelly Sander, along with producer-engineer Michael Mergens. On the show today, joining us momentarily will be Bob Matthews host of the Bob Matthews podcast and writer for sportsjourney.com. He's a Southern Miss grad that uh, writes a lot about uh, professional sports. And we use that term loosely when we talk about the commanders. <laughs> but we're going to be joined by Bob a little bit uh, here in just a second. And then later on in the program, Dale Tanhart is going to be joining us. He is from a native of Hattiesburg. His dad went to Southern Miss. And he and uh, one of his business partners are two of the biggest guys in social media today covering the NASCAR circuit. Dale Tanhart will be joining us later on. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, made here, loved everywhere. Dickie's, great place to have a home-cooked meal, open seven days a week for your tailgate party. Or if you want to go out to the roost, pick up a little bit of food on your way out to the right field roost, watching the Eagles thump UNO like they did last night and are going to do this weekend against Rice. Dickie's Barbecue Pit, we thank them for their support of not only Southern Miss Athletics, but the Eagle Hour. All right, we go to close to the nation's capital, where Mobile, Alabama native, Southern Miss graduate, and an SAE at Southern Miss. Bob Matthews joins us. Bob, good afternoon to you. Boy, checking all the boxes there. As Metallica would say, enter the Sandman. How you doing, baby? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good. You just brought a smile to Michael Mergens' face. He's our, he's our big uh, music aficionado here on the program. So, Bob, we're about a week away from the National, yeah. Fo- the National Football League draft, the first one officially that the Commanders will participate mm-hmm. in. Of course, their world was rocked with... Um, their quarterback, one of the quarterbacks on roster, tragically being killed in the Dwayne Haskins this, mm-hmm. this past weekend. But so, where do the Commanders yep. go this week? What's the word out of Washington as to where they're going in the draft? Okay. Well, before we get to that, I got to ask you, Dickie's Barbecue. That wouldn't be Dickie Duncan's Barbecue, would it? No, because there's no frost on the pumpkin. So, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> but they do have fries and thighs as a special. Yeah, thing. of course. And my favorite, of okay. course, the cream spinach is my favorite. But. There, you, there you go. No, yeah. I know. We, we have known that. We have known that. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was the question again? Uh, the question was the NFL draft. You've heard about it. It's been in all the right. papers. <laughs> I have, yeah. That's, I think it's, it's, a, it's a thing this year, I believe. Yes. So where, where do the commanders go now in the draft? What do you hear? We know where they're going in the order, but I'm saying position-wise. Right. What are you hearing? Uh, well, some I think because we have so much time and there has to be so much to be filled um, airspace-wise between the end of the season and the draft right. that I think people are starting to uh, have tried to talk themselves into this kid, Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. Um, but I, my gut tells me that's just talk. I mean, they could very well take him, but... They've got to go wide receiver, and they need to do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, 
is because they traded uh, they traded a couple of draft picks as well as gave up just about all of their salary cap space for Carson Wentz, uh, getting him from from the Colts, which I actually think was a pretty good move. The other reason is they've got to show Terry McLaurin, who along with Jonathan Allen and Chase Young, probably their three best players, they got to show him that they are serious about getting him some help so that he's not double-teamed on almost every play. Well, if, uh, if they so do, I, For if, that reason. If they do go with Kyle Hamilton, you know the Southern Miss tie mm-hmm. there, of course. I do not. His father is mm-hmm. Derek Hamilton. Derek? Oh, no way! That's Derek Hamilton's son. It Holy is. Yeah, Derek Hamilton. I had no idea. Member of the Southern Miss NIT Championship basketball team. That is Derek Hamilton's son. And um, I've heard. How about that? That, you know, that may have me rethinking things a little bit because <laughs> yeah. I did not I did not know that. I mean, you got a championship pedigree there. Yeah, for sure. But it not o- not only that, but also the one-time star of the Derek Hamilton show. That's the, the Derek Hamilton at large, right? Uh, Derek Hamilton at large, it, yeah. It did was... not get quite as high a ratings as Fink at night when... Uh, well, what did, really, when you think about it? I mean, <laughs> when, how could it not? When Bob Matthews was a, a humble member of the WDAM-TV sports staff at Channel 7 100 I, I years have ago. Instru- I, I have instructed my attorneys to uh, <laughs> find all copies of that and have them burned, by the way, just so you know. Well, you know the first video that was ever played on Fink at night? Uh-huh. Do you remember the, I, the name I, of the band? Honest to God, I ha- it's taken me so much therapy to kind of block <laughs> all of that stuff out. I don't. But I'm sure you do. Nevada Beach was the name of the don't band. Don't even, can't even, don't even remember. Okay, well, let, Nevada let's... Nevada Beach. Yeah, we've been sidetracked here. We're chasing, <laughs> yes, chasing we memory rabbits. Down a rabbit hole. Yeah, at uh, Channel 7. So th- there's been talk exactly. that we had Hugh Freeze, Coach Hugh Freeze of Liberty on the program uh, earlier right. this week, and... And Coach Freeze was saying that, that he thinks that the commanders have shown a real interest in their great quarterback at Liberty, Malik Willis. They have, Well, I think they have, but now that, you know, again, they gave up um, so much financially for Wentz. Yeah. And I think that, the, you know, the psychological makeup of Carson Wentz, uh, you, if you're going to do this this year, you've got to go all in with him. Drafting his quote-unquote heir apparent this year, I, I don't think is going to do you any good. I, I think you basically wasted $28 million in free agent money that you could have used for, for other positions. And that, again, that's why, and Ron Rivera, you know, the head coach and the guy that, that has the final say on all the all personnel matters, uh, you know, obviously a defensive guy because he was a linebacker with, with the Bears and was a defensive coordinator. You always wonder, you know, is he going to go that way? He, he drafted Jamin Davis last year, but I would just – my my concern is if they take Kyle Hamilton, it's not that Kyle Hamilton is not a great player and a game changer, but it, it leads me to have some serious concerns over how they view their roster because, you know, the, the uh, you can look at it and say, look, this team struggled to score last year, and you're telling me that all of a sudden, you know, these guys that were either injured and or didn't contribute as much last year are all of a sudden going to blossom into all pros? I think you got to go with one of these. You have the chance of maybe getting the first or second receiver off the board, somebody like Chris Olave or the, the big kid out of USC. I just think that you've got to go that way. All right, Bob, as we continue our discussion with Bob Matthews, host of the Bob Matthews Podcast and writer for SportsJourney.com, uh, it used to be, and I know this being a Bengal fan, it used to be that the Bengals were the running 
the, the butt mm-hmm. end of every joke, the running joke in the National Football League because of its organization. But now, um, and I think you'll probably agree, that it's not the Bengals anymore that people are making fun of. It's, it's the Redskins slash Commanders. What's new structurally with that team? Why doesn't anybody want to go there? Why are they now the punchline to every joke? Oh, my God. Well, how much time do you have? No, I think you, I, I think you can boil it down to, uh, to two words, and that's Daniel F. Snyder. It, I, I think that's, that's the main thing, because this team, this organization, just can't seem to get out of its way. And what's, you know, what we've seen the last month or so with Congress referring things over to the Federal Trade Commission uh, and, and, you know, allegations now of Snyder perhaps not just stealing money from allegedly from ticket holders and fans, that's bad enough, but potentially, you know, allegedly also stealing revenue from his fellow owners, which takes the entire off-field drama to an entirely new level, if, of course, any of that is true. I don't. I didn't know that Mike Brown with the Bengals had any money. Uh, so I don't, I, don't, I don't know. You wouldn't. You wouldn't know it from some of the free agents. <laughs> no, that, that, over, the, over the past few decades. Yeah, that's for sure. Now you also cover the the Capitals, the Washington uh, Capitals yeah. hockey team. Where do they stand now, heading into the uh, NHL postseason? They're playing. They're playing some good hockey right now. They lost in an overtime. They lost in overtime to Vegas last night, four to three. They've still got some concerns uh, with the goaltending situation because they still haven't had one of their two guys, Ilya Samsonov or Vitek Vanacek, establish themselves as that number one guy that you're going to put in there every game. But that being said, um, they've played a lot better hockey the last couple of months. They're coming off a stretch where. They've beaten. They had a, a meat grinder of a, of a late March, early April schedule where they played a bunch of playoff teams, and they've beaten most of them pretty soundly, including uh, the Colorado Avalanche two nights ago on the road in Colorado. So Alex Ovechkin got uh, two goals last night and has now scored fifty goals for I think the sixth or seventh time in his career, something like that. Oldest guy to do it. They've got the. I like the mix. I like what we're seeing now with the guys that that they're putting on the ice. Uh, this team, while they're and and right now they're the eighth seed, um, but I think which is you know last in in the Eastern Conference. But I don't think there's a team in the East that wants to see them in the first round because of the way they're playing right now. Well, I'm ready to blow your mind here, Bob. When I tell you that, in my okay. opinion, the Capitals' goaltending situation was always the best when Olaf Kolzig was tending the pipes. <laughs> Oli was, was good. You know, Oli he got goalie. him to a... To, Oli the goalie, well, yeah. he, and he played in Norfolk with the Hampton Roads Admirals for a while, too. Uh, Oli was good. I I think uh, I think we would ar- we'd have to argue that Braden Holtby was a little better since he won a cup. All right, Hank, uh, Bob, Bob, hang with us. When we come back, we're going to okay. continue our discussion with Bob Matthews about Golden Eagle baseball and some of his memories at Southern Miss as the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmart. They're open 24 hours a day at Campus Bookmart. That's Mart with a T. CampusBookmart.net. 
the one-stop shop place for all your Southern Miss swag, including all those big shirts that us uh, fluffy, heavy-set, big-bone guys that need more than one X. They've got however many Xs you need. They've got it for you there at Campus Bookmark. The big yellow building right across from the main entrance to the campus there on Hardy Street. We continue our discussion with Southern Miss graduate Bob Matthews writer for sportsjourney.com and host of the Bob Matthews Sportscast. He keeps uh, up to date with all the professional sports around the Washington area. And I have to say, when it comes to media people, all right, you got Bob Matthews doing his thing in Washington, D.C. We're going to talk to Bob again in a second. You got um, Robin Roberts, who's hosting Good Morning America. Right. You know, uh, she's, mm-hmm. a, she's a Southern Miss grad. Chuck Scarborough, who used to host the WNBC News. In New York yep. City, another Southern Miss grad. So, and, and we could we could go on, but I mean, just a lot of really good news people have are products of uh, of Southern Miss. And one box I did not check, Bob, and I'm certainly remiss that I didn't do that. Is you are a card carrying parrot head fan of Jimmy Buffett, another Southern Miss guy. Oh, absolutely! I wonder what ever happened to that guy. Did he <laughs> make it in the music business. I, I hear, I hear tell he's done pretty well. So I don't think we have to uh, worry about I him. I just got a bunch of. I've just got a bunch of bootleg tapes and stuff. I didn't know if he did anything once he left or not. Oh well. I don't think he's <laughs> going to worry about it right now. That, that he might have yeah, earlier in his not. career, but I don't think he worries about it now. Bob, I know you got a lot of things on your mind, but how about the Golden Eagle baseball team? Okay, full disclosure. Until you told me they were ranked. Six in the country. Right. I had no idea, but six. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. Just, that, that's unprecedented. I mean, this is. I mean, they, have they? I don't think they've ever been that high. No, they I haven't. Think. They haven't. Okay. So what, what? What's the secret sauce here? What is? Uh, you know, how, what, what's what's Scott Berry done that? that's gotten them to this point. Well, I think just, uh, the, just been a slow build. No, the the pitching staff is so deep and so talented and so healthy. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, people lots of times underestimate health. And, I mean, you look at the Detroit Tigers this year. I mean, it's early in the season, but they were supposed to be a much improved team. Turns out they have not been. But a lot of their guys are injured. Right? So, I mean, right. you got to have that personnel, you know, ready to go. We're going to talk a little bit later on in the show, Michael and I, about the Southern Miss's win last night. But, I mean, it's deep as it's ever been, more so on the pitching staff, talented guys. And uh, and on and they're hitting the baseball at, at opportune times. I mean, you know, I've kind of joked on the air, Bob, that that the sun and the moon are kind of aligning here, and I I really think that this could be a record-breaking year in many different ways for Southern Miss if they continue to play the way they've been playing. Twenty-nine and eight now. How about that? So so they've got they've got a deep enough pitching staff and enough guys they can hand the ball to in tournament play that, you know, because that's just a yes. beat grinder when you get into that double elimination stuff. They got enough horses to where they can, you know, they can wear people down if they have to, and it's not just one or two guys getting hot. And I think what's cool about that, in fact, in fact, you know, you have to kind of peel it back a little bit to, to if you've managed a baseball team, you know a little bit about what it is. But Coach Barry last night and Christian Ostrander, his pitching coach, they used six different pitchers against UNO last night. Not necessarily that they needed to. But, again, they were working an inning and a third, you know, two innings, an inning and two-thirds. And, and I think what they're trying to do, and we'll ask Coach Barry when he's on the show Monday, I think what they're trying to do is implement some of these guys that haven't thrown a lot of innings for exactly what you said so that they will be ready to go come tournament time when you got to have the pitching to go the distance. And not just have the pitching, but have guys with a little bit of, of mileage on their tires, you know? 
Yeah, well, now, as a former college baseball player, let me ask you then, is the, do you feel that's the right way to go about it? Are you worried that he's going to, ha- instead of having a bunch of guys ready to go, if they have a lot of, a, do a lot of appearances translate into a lot of innings? Is he run in, does he run the risk of having a bunch of dead arms once he gets to the tournament? No, because I don't, I don't, think, they'll, I don't think they'll be overworked, and I think – with this staff, I mean, they see him every day, obviously. But I think you right. could throw a blanket over about 13 of the 20, and it really wouldn't matter which one came out. They're all that good. That's great. Hey, yeah. well, I defer to you on that one. Um, but that's incredible. I mean, I really that, – yeah. that blew my mind when you told me that they were ranked uh, sixth in the country. I mean, you know, I when I – you know, Hill Denson was the coach when I was there, and they right. had a – they had some. They had some decent teams with you know Mark Kubicki and like Kerry Valery played a couple of years. Right. And then one year they they went to the tournament because we went and covered them in Baton Rouge. Right. Uh, and it was yeah, it was terrific and all. But again, you you kind of got the feeling back then it was just it was a bunch of overachievers on a heater at that point. Uh, you knew once they got. I think didn't we we followed them out to Austin because they had to play in a regional one year with uh, with the University of Texas. And, right. You, know, you could just tell there. They were overmatched. You know, that was like a bunch of high school kids playing a bunch of pros at that point. But wow, I mean, you know, 27 and 8 ranked sixth in the country. I mean, that's, that's not a hot start. That's, that's a team that legitimately should, I, I would imagine, be a, a one or two seed in the regionals, right? Yeah, well, well, one for sure. And, I, and I, think they've, I think they've even got some wiggle room. I don't think they'll even need the wiggle room. Because the schedule, as it remains, there are still a couple of tough outs on that schedule. But by and large, uh, most of the heavy lifting has already been done uh, for the regular season schedule. So, again, I'm, I'm excited and, and looking forward to what this team might have ahead of us. For a school, Bob, quite frankly, that needs some good news athletically. The football program, although on the way up under, under Will Hall, the basketball program has been struggling. So this baseball team has, yeah. has really pretty much been carrying the, the Golden Eagle world on their shoulders and it uh, it has been tough the last couple of years so i mean what is what does will hall have coming back is it was recruited was was signing day okay this year are they you know has the have they netted anybody in the transfer portal well I mean, am, am, you know, am we, i on your get a lot of southern news am yeah. i on, am i on your show or are you, are you that's a very show? good question <laughs> hey well at, at, if you want you want to talk to you you want to talk more nfl or, or uh or the nhl yeah i'm all for it <laughs> no, no, i i gotcha it, it was the kind of the running joke was that when you were covering southern miss sports you were on top mm-hmm. of your game but when you went as a fan when you went as a fan to southern miss baseball games you could tell mm-hmm. people pretty much what happened through the first five innings, but inning six on, your details were a little bit clouded. Is there any reason as to why you couldn't remember as much through the sixth or the ninth innings as you did? <laughs> Probably because I was really drunk. <laughs> okay. We can still say that on the air, Dan. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, think, I mean, let's just be honest about everything. No, no. I I appreciate that candor. You know, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Being the SAE, you know, that you are. So, uh, but yeah. go, but going yeah. forward now, Bob. Yeah, as, as we begin to wind down our discussion here, the, you know, the draft coming up. What has been the the general Bob? Our own Bob Getty has kind of made fun of the commander name, calling them the Commodores, coached by you know Lionel Richie or whatever. What, what's right. kind of been what's kind of been the feedback it, about the well, name change, if nothing else? Yeah, it's been interesting. The name change has been kind of meh. You know, it's it's fine. 
Uh, it's not going to offend anybody. It's not going to inspire a lot of people kind of writ large. But interestingly, and, and we had a guy, if you want to hear it, you can go to the Bob Matthews podcast. You can find it on Spotify and iTunes, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Uh, we were talking with a super fan the other day. And one of the things that the nickname Commanders, because it is so bland, what it does inspire is a lot of what I call organic derivatives. And I think that the club would be very smart to kind of lean into this. We talked to a guy who has uh, come up with his own kind of offshoot of the nickname, um, and he refers to them as the Commandalorians. So if you're a fan of Star Wars, you know, that's a... You know, that's a takeoff or, you know, a derivative of the Mandalorian and has gone so far as to, uh, with a 3D printer, make Mandalorian armor that's colored in burgundy and gold. And quite frankly, it's incredible. Um, and if the team is smart, and I think you're going to see it because his season tickets are on a sightline of a camera. Uh, but if the, if the club's smart, they're going to actually, um, you know, kind of, encourage these guys and kind of adopt them as unofficial mascots. Um, and so tell Bob that the, uh, the nickname Mandos is trending on Twitter. And that's what a lot of the hardcore fans, I think, are going to be going with this fall. And it's really, really cool. Now, command- really now Commandos has much more of a tougher edge to it than Commanders. <laughs> unless, unless you're talking about walking around without any underwear on, yes. Um, but but the the Mandos itself is uh, it's really cool. If you just search for uh, if you just search for either Mandos on Twitter or the hashtag This Is the Way, um, it's there's it could it really could become. If I think it might catch on and become like a whole black hole thing, like the Raiders have right. with all the guys, the football pads, and all that. I, I really think that that's. It's something that's going to catch on this fall. All right, real quick, I Bob, really before we let you go, your, your quick mm-hmm. elevator speech, if anybody mentions the name Southern Miss, what do you tell them about your memories at Southern Miss and what it meant to you? You know, I tell them that it was five years of the best party I ever had. Uh, it's, it's, the memories are a bit fuzzy, but, um, you know, it's a great place to go to school. It's a great place to make lifelong friends. And uh, you, you, you might even be able to crack a cold one or two here and there. The five years, the best five years. Five full years. And that was only your sophomore. Uh, exactly. Y- right. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, you know, considering you had me working about 12 or 13 hours a day. It there was, wasn't you know, a lot of time. Like That's right. There was not. But Bob, I enjoyed it. Believe Southern Miss graduate Bob Matthews, host of the Bob Matthews podcast and writer for SportsJourney.com. Bob, always good to talk to you. Good luck to the Mandos in the upcoming draft. Thanks, Sam, man. I appreciate it. Hey, Twitter, at BobMatthews965. Go and give me a follow. At BobMatthews965. When we come back, we're going we're gonna to talk NASCAR with Dale Tanhart, a Hattiesburg native whose dad went to Southern Miss. That's next on the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. We want to thank uh, Southern Miss graduate Bob Matthews, Bob Matthews podcast and writer for SportsJourney.com, uh, being, joining us on the, on the Eagle Hour. This segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, the TV 
is always on at 4th Street Bar and Grill and usually has Southern Miss sporting events on it, including uh, softball. They'll have the Rice Southern Miss games on TV this weekend as well. And the only reason you should be watching it at 4th Street is if you can't get a ticket at Pete Taylor Park. Home of the 995 Blue Plate Lunch and always Southern Miss fans hanging around talking uh, Golden Eagle sports. Great place also to shoot pool. 4th Street Bar and Grill. They've been with us a long time. and We appreciate their support and their support of Southern Miss athletics. Joining us now on the Super Talk Mississippi hotline is Dale Tanhart, a native of Hattiesburg. His dad went to Southern Miss. There's the Southern Miss tie there, but Dale Tanhart is probably the the hottest item on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube now, dealing with the NASCAR season, going all over the country, uh, following NASCAR, shaking hands with all the drivers, the crew chiefs. He knows them all. Dale, glad that you're with us today, buddy. Thanks for taking the time. Hey Kelly, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. It's good to, uh, good to, good to be back in a way. Yeah, um, yeah. Gotta, you're, you're making your home on the Mississippi Gulf Coast when you get back, but this is the first time in a month you've even darkened the doorstep. Yes. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, I've been living on an RV for about a month, so um, the the feeling of of, of being in a bed uh, is a great feeling, and I don't want to leave it again. But. We got Talladega this weekend, which is our Mississippi home track, technically, for the NASCAR circuit. And people who've been to Dagan know it's an awesome time. And if you haven't, I'm sure you've heard about the awesome time that it is. So, <laughs> yeah. Talladega, it I, is awesome. I'm actually going to the ATL this weekend to visit uh, my daughter and my granddaughter. And I'm saying I, I need to time my drive back from the ATL to where I do not have to deal with Talladega crowds because it – it will be nuts, particularly on Sunday after the race. All right, Dale, so you've been all over the place. You, you've covered the short tracks, the big tracks. Uh, Garage Guys FS is their Instagram and Twitter handle. They're also on YouTube at Garage Guys. Dale's uh, uh, Twitter is at Dale Tanhart. This thing, and I know I, I've known you for a long time, and you've always known your NASCAR stuff, but the, about the last two or three years, you you and – and Chase, your business partner with Garage Guys, have partnered with Hooters. Man, you guys have skyrocketed in the last couple of years. Good for you. And how has all that happened? Well, uh, I guess it started with you uh, originally, right? I uh, obviously appreciate you having me on your show uh, that you do uh, with Buffalo Wild Wings, ironically. but um, <laughs> Yeah, Hooters yeah, no, competition, Hooters. yeah. Yeah, uh, no. Hooters is an excellent partner, and we—it's um, really—it's—it's it's tough to put into words. We, I just—I just attribute it to hard work, and uh, like you said, I've, I've been really passionate about this sport my entire life, and I always wanted to find a way to be involved with the sport. And I kind of, at one point in my life, had given up on that. But the—the the biggest kicker here is I am good at betting on NASCAR and good at picking winners and that was really the catalyst to really jump, get the ship going uh, to where it is right now. So everything else has just come with it. And obviously Chase has been uh, one of the most important people I've ever worked with in my life. And uh, at Garage Guy Chase, this guy is a, is, a, is a freaking animal when it comes to this NASCAR betting world and entertainment side of things. So check him out too. But, yeah, it's been an awesome ride. And, and I encourage everybody, if you're listening, to check out a NASCAR race if you've never been because it really – it just doesn't do you justice watching it on TV compared to being there. And you are, you know this just from going to the Indy 500. Right, Same right. sort of atmosphere. 
uh, in auto racing, IndyCar, NASCAR. But I encourage everybody to go to a race in person. Uh, and hey, Talladega is Talladega is your neighbor, so. Right, not not too far to go this weekend. Now, Dale, I have to ask you this: when when TV ratings, the Nielsen and Magid research companies have said that just about all of television sports ratings are down, except for one. NASCAR is up, particularly among women and younger viewers. From your from your opinion, and having followed this and watch it as closely, and and that's what you do for a living. What do you make of that? The fact that younger viewers and women in particular are being drawn to NASCAR. Well, you know, I think one of the biggest things is the is how well NASCAR's marketing is going. They've they've really grown and, and improved their game on social media platforms, including TikTok, uh, YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels. Those little ten second, twenty second clips are very important. And I look, I, I'm a traditionalist guy, so it's. It is still a relatively new concept to me, but those those avenues of media are so important right now. And it's not just NASCAR. IndyCar is growing. Yeah. Formula One is growing massively. Uh, I think right now, you know, I want to call it the roaring 20s when it comes to auto racing. In the teens, we kind of we declined a decent bit uh, on all fronts, but uh, now that the COVID, the COVID stuff has kind of slowed down, uh, we've just revi- gotten rid of mass mandates and people are finally uh, released to be able to go to races more and, and add 100% capacity. And I think the, along with the marketing, the, these people are experiencing races in person. And I think collectively that's really growing, not just women and children, but men as well. And all these age demographics, it's all growing. Uh, viewership ratings for Fox alone are up 17% from year to year, which if that did hold, that would be the highest in the 22-year history of NASCAR being on Fox. So and, and I have to ask, too, it's, it's also gotten kind of cool, if you will, in the sense that uh, entertainer Pitbull is now involved in, in team ownership. Uh, Michael Jordan, outstanding basketball you know, Hall of Famer, now is a part owner. So the, in, NASCAR is kind of bleeding over into other entertainment areas, which they're, they're both kind of receiving benefits from that is that reasonable to assume absolutely uh with, with michael jordan being a team owner and being heavily involved as well as pitbull uh both of their teams have won races in their very young careers or in their very in the very young uh start of those two teams which is track house racing owned by pitbull uh and then 23xi racing owned by michael jordan and denny hamlin so yeah, I think those guys being involved has a huge effect on the culture side of things. And to add on to that, we're seeing more and more athletes in other sports like NBA players, NFL guys, uh, even rappers and, and prominent artists in the music industry wearing NASCAR gear. And whether or not if these guys actually keep up with the sport, how much they actually know about it, just the fact that they're wearing NASCAR gear and they have fans, millions of fans that see that, that can spark an interest just from seeing the culture side of things. So I think all that really comes into play with the growth of the sport. And you cannot, uh, you cannot overstate how important the culture side is to, to the growth of this as well as the competition of the sport itself. We are talking with Dale Tanhart with Garage Guys FS, and uh, he and his partner Chase, they're, they're 
all over uh, social media and some of the biggest growing accounts on social media covering NASCAR. He's a native of Hattiesburg. His dad went to, to Southern Miss. So you've got real quick in about the last minute or so here, Dale, you grew up following Southern Miss and going to games and hanging out at the Rock and Pete Taylor Park and all that. Yeah, uh, my favorite time was the NetNet era of the, the basketball. basketball team that went into the that made the tournament. But no, Southern Miss baseball has been incredible over the past decade. It feels like, and I've been seeing, I've been keeping up and seeing their what top ten in the nation right now. So, and and, um, and before I cut you loose, I got to tell you, uh, last weekend, and I'm I'm not a big betting guy. Right, um, I'm too cheap. I, I'm too cheap uh, to be to be quite honest. But uh, I took your advice and put a little money on Tyler Reddick, and I thought I was sitting pretty good in the last two. And then what? A hundred yards before the finish line, he spins after getting tapped, and I lost. So that yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, it's me, Dale. It's not you. You picked you picked Reddick to win the race, and had I not bet Reddick, he probably would have won. So it wasn't you. It's me. Okay. Yeah, you would be surprised how many people I hear say that that think they're the bad omen in the best. But that's just part of betting, you know. Right. Right. The biggest thing, if you get close and close and close, you keep getting close, knock on the door. Those eventually will turn into wins, and that was just a complete bad luck, crazy rare scenario that I don't imagine happening very often anymore. So I apologize. But that was painful. I know. Some some bad luck, and it didn't even involve Kyle or, or. Bowman, right? Uh, bad luck, Bowman. Alex hey, Bowman. Bad luck, Bowman is no more. <laughs> That's bad right. Luck Bowman is no more. Alex Bowman uh, used to go by the nickname of Bad Luck. Again, you can follow them. Uh, the Instagram, Twitter handle are Garage Guys FS. They've also got they're on YouTube. And Dale Tanhart's own personal handle is at Dale Tanhart. Correct? Yes, sir. That's right. Okay. And I'm telling you, if you, you like NASCAR, want to know anything there is to know about NASCAR, you got a Hattiesburg native with some Southern Miss ties there uh, helping educate you on all this. It's really cool how people with Southern Miss ties in the Hattiesburg area are doing some great things, and a uh, few guys are doing as great things as they are right now via social media. Dale, I know you're back in your own bed for the first time in a month. Good luck to you. Thanks for taking the time. you got a long season ahead of you, but we'll be following you every step of the way. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's always a good time talking to Kelly Center. So, Southern Miss to I the top, baby. Hopefully the best will go better next time. All right, thank Keep you. Thanks, Dale Tanhart. When we come back, Michael Merkins and I are going to break down the big win for Southern Miss last night over UNO. Some really interesting notes in that game about how well this team is playing. We'll look ahead to the Rice Series and how Southern Miss would compare to some of the teams in the Sun Belt. That's still to come as the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. From the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg, I'm Kelly Sander along with Merg over there pushing the right buttons. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson will be with you tomorrow as we round out the week together and get the Rice Series started on the baseball field. The Eagles win again last night, defeating UNO. They upped the record to 29-8 overall. And as we talked about with Bob Matthews earlier in the program, Southern Miss used six pitches. May not have had to, but again, it's good that you're getting some guys, some experience heading into the tournament, Michael, because you're going to need probably 
12 or 14 guys, yeah. depending on how those tournaments shake out. Mm-hmm. And knowing, uh, seeing what happens in the past. <laughs> Where you run out of pitching. Brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. And yeah, yeah, just recently we've seen that in College World Series. So, yeah, so I, I'm glad that they're doing that. Oh, by the way, this segment brought to you by D1 and D-Bat. They're up on Hardy Street. And uh, for your favorite athlete, you might not even be considered the traditional sports but dancing, things like that, anything dealing with movement, uh, strengthening your core, getting you ready for uh, any sport, including softball and baseball, which, of course, are in full swing, pun intended. Uh, D1 and D-Bat is the place to go. You can look them up online. They also have a pro shop on premises there on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Pedro hit uh, his eighth home run last year. Will McGillis hit his ninth. Montenegro got a home run. It looked uh, a little a little shaky early, but nothing that the Eagles uh, didn't overcome uh, winning the game 10-4 to last night. But interesting in that 10-run uh, number is they only had eight hits last night. So you're going, how can that happen where you get 10 runs on eight hits? Well, the privateer pitchers walked seven Golden Eagles, and that never that never works out well uh, when you walk that many people. Now, the Eagle pitchers gave up three, which for them is uh, probably not acceptable. But, the, but for most humans, <laughs> three, three walks in a game is about what you should expect. Now, with that win last night, the Eagles now have a two-game lead over La Tech in the Conference USA standings. They have a three-game lead on FAU, but... There's an asterisk behind both of those leads in that Southern Miss has the tiebreaker with La Tech and with FAU. So if it came down to where those teams were tied with regular season records, the Golden Eagles would get the nod over both of those teams because of winning both of those series uh, against the Bulldogs and the Owls. So theoretically, Southern Miss has a three-game lead on La Tech and a four-game lead on FAU. When you look at some of the other uh, slated games, for this weekend, one that Eagle fans will be watching is the Florida Atlantic Old Dominion series. Eagles still have to play Old Dominion. They're going to play them in Hattiesburg soon. But ideally what you want to have happen is FAU and Old Dominion split, you know, and have Southern Miss sweep Rice. And that, for all practical purposes, pretty much nails down, you know, the number one seed in the conference tournament. Now, regarding the conference tournament, pre-ticket sales are underway now for uh, Eagle Club members and so on for the Conference USA tournament, season ticket holders. The general public tickets, the general public sales will be May 2nd. Conference USA tournament baseball tickets for the general public begin May 2nd. So you want to mark that down on your calendar. And will probably last about 15 minutes. Yeah, the way the team's playing. 15-minute window to get those. I had another crowd, another massive crowd last night um, at the Pete on Wednesday night. So the Southern Miss fans are doing their part. The team is doing its part. Other Conference USA series this weekend have Middle Tennessee traveling to La Tech. Marshall is at Western Kentucky. UAB traveling to Charlotte. And FIU at UTSA. The Eagles still have to play UTSA on uh, the schedule. And we mentioned they still have to play Old Dominion. So how would Southern Miss stack up against teams in the Sunbelt Conference, which is where the Eagles, of course, are headed this fall? Right now, Texas State, which used to be Southwest Texas State and San Marcos, they're leading the way 29-9 and overall. So that's a record right in there with Southern Miss. Interestingly, Georgia Southern is in second with a 24-12 and 
record, but Georgia Southern was ranked 25th before losing to uh, Florida State last night. Georgia State third at 24 and 13 overall. Troy, South Al, and Louisiana, which used to be Louisiana Lafayette, which used to be Southwestern Louisiana, they're all right behind there at 9 and 6. And you know how tough South Al and Louisiana are. So you see the Sun Belt's going to be a really, really good uh, competitive fit for Southern Miss. Other sports for the Eagles uh, this week, uh, last couple of days, men's tennis lost to UNO. They finished the regular season 9-9, nine and nine, so the men's tennis year is over. Coming down to the end of the academic year, Michael, where there's not going to be a lot to talk about as far as a... Yeah, that slowdown during the summer. Thank goodness for... Uh what is there? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> thinking, well, the elementary and high school kids are starting in July now. That's right. Yeah. You know, they have to. But Southern Miss won't, of course, until August. So men's tennis season is now over. The women's tennis team at the Conference USA Championships at Middle Tennessee, they go into the championships the sixth seed. And that is the highest seed that the women's tennis team has had in 14 years. So good for them. They were undefeated at home. At the Golden Eagle Tennis Complex, the women's tennis team is. And they will play Marshall in the first round of the Conference USA Tournament. Softball is traveling to USA, UTSA this weekend. Uh, the Lady Eagles are 26-10 and 10 overall, 6-9 and nine in the conference. The Lady Roadrunners are 14-24 and 24 overall, 7-7 seven and seven in conference play. So that gets you up to date with everything down to earth, Southern Miss Wise as well. Again, Luke and Bob will rejoin you tomorrow. But for Michael Mergens, I'm Kelly Sander. Thanks for joining us. Until we join you tomorrow at 1 o'clock for another Eagle Hour, we say Southern Miss to the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.